0: When I when I first started at the church uh, on staff, uh, I, I like to say that my dad suckered me into this, but uh, the truth is that God led me here. And I had a I actually had a calling on on my life in junior high and high school. Like I knew I was going into ministry. It was and I was excited about it. And then uh, when I was in college, see I'm a pastor's kid, and being a pastor's kid is difficult in that you know what's going on behind the curtain. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, and then, I, I don't know, I kind of fashioned, when I was a boy, I kind of fashioned myself as a spy. So I would spy on my parents talking shop in the bedroom all the time. So I knew all your stuff. So, <laughs> I know. And, and so, I, I mean, I kind of knew, you know, church is church. And then when I was in college um there was some bad church things that happened and my parents went through living hell as leaders and I'm like I ain't doing that god I'm not doing this I'm not signing up for this uh, I'm going to go be a museum director, I'm going to go be an antique dealer, like I'm going to be a history teacher. Anything but being a leader inside of a church, last thing I wanted to do. And this is kind of like you know, Joe says, funny how God has a sense of humor. Um, so finally, when the Lord brought me full circle, I got to do everything that I wanted to do uh, in the marketplace within a few years. It was like, God says, okay, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. And I was the youngest museum director in the nation. It's like, how does that happen? I don't know. But it's like, God says, okay, here you go. You're done now. <laughs> Let's get back to your calling. And it was, you know, it was really weird. And so when I finally was obedient to my call, and I came back and, well, came into the church to to... Helped dad with administrative stuff and refinancing the loan and getting everything straightened up as best we could. I came in with, um, oh, the bit of an attitude. I don't. I'm not quite sure, but I came in with like a bull in a china shop, and like, and what was what was good is that I came in with some skills from the marketplace that the church needed. And that's what, you know, frankly, the church needs some specific skills to match the, the flow of the current culture. I am not saying that we bow to the current culture and how, how business is done in the world. We need to continue to do business as the kingdom of God. That was last week's me- week's message. But there's this, you know, there's this everyday practical stuff. And so I kind of brought that into the fold. And, but again, I did it like, as a, like a bull in a china shop. And um, I, I didn't behave well. <laughs> I treated people poorly that were on the staff. Uh, I, was, I was a little rough with them. Because I think part of it, I was just used to being rough in the marketplace. You know, I was a middle manager for a while. Uh, and again, I did the museum thing. So I hired, I fired. Then I ran my own business, which was my own money. And so when it's your own money, then things are definitely different when you are working with employees. And so I had very little grace for certain people. And if I could do it again, I would do things differently. I would treat people differently. I would treat them with grace. I would treat them, I would treat them as as family instead of employees. I would have treated them as as people that I'm ministering to, uh, people that that need to be grown and nurtured, rather than a resource to be spent. Yeah. So, um, so those of you that are in the marketplace, uh, what does HR stand for? Human resources. Human resources. But in the kingdom, that's that's illegal. In the kingdom of God, people are not resources to be burned through. They're not, they're not here to be used. They're there to be discipled and, and, and to grow. So that, I believe, is one of the negative things Uh, layers that that we and probably specifically uh, the world puts upon the church we put this negative lens on that that the church is dysfunctional and you know there's a whole there's a whole thought process right now of church hurt I understand church hurt if you've been in church for a few years you understand church hurt and that's just kind of part of the process and so the the part of this whole series on lead is like we we want to lead well and, and we want to be a healthy church. As God continues to, to grow us, he can entrust us with more. I want to make sure that he can entrust us more. And so the way that, that, that we do church, the way that, that the gospel is presented, like it needs to be life-giving. It needs to be encouraging. It needs to be healthy. Like I want to go to a healthy church, don't you? And so this is why we're focusing on this. Because I believe if we do community right God will bless us with even more and so we're gonna do it right um, Aaron when I hit that time I need you to put up the signs and when I go over you need to start spinning that sign like you're one of the guys on the corner <laughs> <laughs> because I could I could easily probably go for way too long but I don't want to I respect your time I don't want to I don't want to keep you here till two o'clock I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4. This is not going to be up on the screen. I chose a version called The Voice, and we can't get it, so that's one reason why it's not up on the screen. Uh, So feel free to follow along, but I'd probably rather just let you absorb this um, audibly. So just hear the Word of God. Uh, Let's not try and track it with our minds right now, but you can maybe put a bookmark and study this later this week. But I like this version, and it's not a, it's a solid trans- translation. The voice is a solid translation. There might be a couple of things, like the words don't match up completely, but they're going after our vernacular. They're going after the English vernacular, and this is an emphasized type of a translation. It's more of a, a, a poetic translation translation than it is an academic translation does that make sense like we'll read academic stuff later but i want to i want you to catch the poetry i want to i want you to catch the the life in these words ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 so put away your lies and speak the truth to one another because we are all one part of another when you are angry, don't let it carry you into sin. It's okay to be angry. Don't let it carry you into sin. Don't let the sun set with your anger in your heart. Or do not give the devil room to work. Interesting, right? Do you know? That's so weird. Like, I'm a believer. I'm saved. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. But if I allow my emotions to dictate and to control me, um, what am I doing? I'm giving the devil a foothold. I'm giving him room. I'm renting him space in my mind. He's a terrible tenant, everybody. Like, you don't want want to rent to the devil. He's going to kick holes in your walls. He, you know, he's going to do, yeah, you don't want to rent to him. He's not going to take care of your property. Okay. Chapter 4, verse 29. Don't let even one rotten word seep out of your mouth. That's interesting. Don't let one rotten word. What's a rotten word? What's a, I don't know. What's a bad word? Like, who knows? I think it's probably more of the intent, specifically on how we are treating people. Instead, offer only fresh words that build others up when they need it most. When they they need it most. That way, your good words will communicate grace to those who hear it. Can we all say grace? Grace. Grace. It's time to stop bringing grief to God's Holy Spirit. How do we bring grief to God's Holy Spirit? How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Uh, You grieve the Holy Spirit by being mean to each other. You have been sealed with the Spirit, marked as his own for the day of rescue. Banish bitterness, rage and anger, shouting and slander, and any malicious thoughts. These are poison. Instead, be kind and compassionate. Graciously forgive one another, just as God has forgiven you through the Anointed One, our liberating King. Not powerful. Mm-hmm. So, in the context of church leadership, being gracious to one another is a difficult thing. In how you are interacting with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, um, I believe. That what we do in church ought to translate into the world. This is the whole concept of, of 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 transforming our world, heaven on earth. Like it starts here, but it needs to bleed out into the marketplace. It needs to bleed out into our educational systems. It needs to bleed out everywhere. And if you are, well, I guess it, it gets, this happens in church too. But if you are in an environment that has no grace if you're in a toxic environment where every word is a negative word if you are in an environment in your living room and you have the boob tube on and all you're listening to is negative news all the time if all you're watching is reality shows where everybody is backstabbing each other if all you're watching is darkness, what did the word of God just say? It will become poison to you. Like it will, it will seep into your being. You're still saved, but your body, your mind, your, your soul is, is slowly being corrupted. And we don't realize it's taking place. We have to be careful and watch Every word that comes out of our mouth, make sure it's not a corrupting word, that it is a life-giving word. Now, if I, again, if I could have turned back the clock, I would have spoken words of encouragement instead of treating people, okay, ready for this, instead of treating people with disdain. Why do we treat people with disdain? We treat them with disdain because they do not live up to our expectations. This is a tricky one, everyone, because um you can hold you can have disdain towards people, bitterness towards people. Um you can be you can be disappointed in in anyone. You can be disappointed in your spouse, disappointed in your kids, disappointed in your boss and your employees and your pastors. You can be you can you can be disappointed in them. That in and of its self is okay, but if you hold that individual captive in, in your mind, and if you have a disdain that comes towards them, you are going to make them a prisoner in your mind, and they will never be able to experience the grace of God. Wow. Okay. The beauty about the gospel-centered church which is what we're working for right now. It is, our, it is my driving passion that we become more and more gospel-centric, that our, our life, our lifestyles, our words, the way we worship, it, it emanates the gospel of grace. What is the good news about doing church Again, if you're on if you're on the if you're on the internet and the Twitter and the and the Facebook and the YouTube and all these things, and if you're doing deep dives into church culture and you're seeing all of the toxicity and all of the bad news and all of the failures inside of big churches and little churches, like if you're attracted to this, and I'll be honest, sometimes I'm like I'll go in and I'm like. Oh my gosh! I, I should watch these prophecy watcher people because they're they're shining a light on things, and then, then, I, then I get sucked in, and then I'm I'm listening to things about how horrible you know these preachers are, and it is, and then I'm like, and then it gets into me, right? It's like, ugh. If we're constantly focused on all of the bad things that are happening inside of the context of church, do you know how hard it is to see the good things? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna just challenge us, like, the, like here. In our number, in your friends' churches, even those churches online and on TV, I'm going to challenge you to find the good in them. We need to, we need to identify you know, what we are in agreement with. What we are in agreement with is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There is good news. And despite what the world is telling us about the local church, there is good news to be found in doing church. Like, this is a good place. I have friends. I have colleagues. They're preaching right now. And those are good places. They're doing good things. I want you to have hope. Like, hope for this really weird cultural identity that we call church. Because this is where, this is like the other side of the coin. Like your identity is is completely locked up. It ought to be locked up into Jesus. Like you are sons and and daughters of God. That's your identity. But the other side of the coin is your identity gets fleshed out. Like in this little community here. Isn't that cool? And so, as leadership, what we are working for, I actually think we do a really good job. I'm really proud of, of our leadership within our church, our pastors, our elders, our board members, our leaders. I love them all. Like I'm not giving this message uh, as a complaint. We're we're I don't know. What do you think? A A minus, B plus. Tell you what, I was a I was a B C student, so I'll take B's and C's. What did Mark say? You got an A one time? Maybe. All right. So when I was at Westmont, when I was at Westmont College, there's um one of the business professors. Oh, the smart people are going to get mad at me today. That's okay. Uh, there was a business professor, and his class was great. He was... Uh, he, he, Westmont paid him a dollar a year. And he was a full-time tenured professor. This was his ministry, he was teaching business to, to young uh, entrepreneurial type of Christians, right? So he made his own money. Like, the guy didn't need Westmont's help. The guy didn't need to have Westmont pay his salary. He, he made his own salary. He was a successful businessman. Like, those are the types of people that you want to learn from, Right? <laughs> And so he had this saying, or I'm sorry, A plus students, are going to make you mad. But he said, A students will eventually work for C students. I know. And then he says, I'm the exception. So if you're an A student, you are the exception, right? <laughs> A students, you're going to have A students work for you in this church. But yeah, he was brilliant, to say the least. The idea is that you know, if you're gifted and you just get A's because it's super easy, you know, and then dum dums like me have to work really hard to get a C plus. Uh, anyway, that's the idea. So, okay. Um, so, we we do it well. I believe we're doing it well we can always get better right we don't ever want to take our successes or our health for granted we have to be mindful about where we are at and make sure that we never allow the devil to get a foothold in in what what God is doing in our midst and so we're vigilant we're standing on the we're standing on the wall we're making sure that the enemy can't you know sneak his way in to what we're up to what God's up to we're not going to let him do it and so what i what I have learned about the good news about doing church is that there is just an immense power of showing grace to one another. If I had have gone, you know, with my, again, I don't know what my problem was. I think I was trying to prove myself to my dad and trying to prove myself to the church because you know, I'm now working for the church as a, you know, young guy and whatever. So I just thought my heads needed to roll or something, you know? Um, if I would have approached people with a gospel attitude and not a business attitude, I think things would have been different. You see, what I have learned, the good news that I have, that I have learned, Over the years of of leading and being in church, not just being a pastor's kid, but being in church, the good news, what I have learned, is that the church, when she is functioning right, church done right, is so empowering, is so nurturing is so encouraging it is so full of grace that like frankly it's addictive when i have been at my lowest you know throughout the you know the 22 years of ministry here when i've been at my lowest when i am are ready for this complaining When I am down, when I am discouraged, do you know what the church did? You know what the Holy Spirit did? The Holy Spirit brings the right people into your life at the right time to, to gospel you. To gospel you. Gospel? What does gospel mean? What does that mean? I just made that up, by the way. I should probably write that down. God wants to gospel you today. It means that to give you good news about salvation. To give you good news about salvation. Like, that doesn't end. I got saved at 7. I got baptized at 10. I am saved, right? The Word of God says something very deep and something very interesting that, well, quite honestly, I haven't figured out yet. But let me read it to you. Uh, Again, the voice translation. Philippians chapter 2. If you find any comfort from being in the anointed, being in Jesus, his love brings you some encouragement. If you experience true companionship with the Spirit, If his tenderness and mercy fill your heart, then, brothers and sisters, here is one thing that would complete my joy. Come together as one in mind and spirit and purpose, sharing in the same love. Like, that's deep stuff. Coming together as one in spirit and mind, sharing the same love of God. You know, whenever God's love pours out in the congregation in supernatural ways, I wish we could do that every Sunday. Yeah. But when it happens, I just feel like I can float out of here. Yeah. Like I just feel like nothing can stop me and my family, nothing can stop the church. Like, when God's love is manifested in ways that don't make any sense, well, I think then we're on for an incredible ride with God. All right, you ready? Don't let selfishness and prideful agendas take over. Don't let selfishness and prideful agendas take over so as you grow whether you're growing in leadership inside of church or whether you're growing in the lord whether god is you know like i believe he's going to he's going to give us more because we're being faithful with what he's given us Um, when we begin to grow when you begin to grow and when you begin to, to mature Here is one roadblock that you need to make sure that you don't fall into. And it is, it's a really bad word. We think that it's a good word, but it's a bad word. And that word is pride. Pride puffs up, right? the Word of God says. The world tells us that pride is a good thing. We ought to take pride in what we do. We need to take pride in our accomplishments, that we need to take pride in our education. We need to take pride in the material things that we've purchased. Like The world's going to tell us that pride is good, but pride, the Word of God says, comes before a fall. In fact, pride is the source of all sin. It's because it steps into God's place. Instead of saying, God bless me, you say, I have blessed myself. So pride's a tricky one because you can be walking the walk, talking the walk, talking the talk. You can present yourself as a Christian that has it all together. But once that pride comes, in the icing on the cake, the cherry on the sundae is spiritual pride. Spiritual pride is the most dangerous force in the universe in my opinion it kills it steals it destroys if anybody comes to you and says i am so spiritually mature i am prophetess so and so and you must you must listen to me like if 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 anybody is projecting themselves as being spiritually superior to you now i'm not saying that we don't need leaders we do need leaders but if anybody says that the only way that you can get God to love you is to go through me because I have secret knowledge, that, my friends, is spiritual pride. It's based in the impulse to control and to manipulate. And it's easy, it's easy for anybody to do. Like, I have to check myself before I wreck myself. I have to make sure that I never fall into spiritual pride as a leader. We, we, we bounce this off of our staff. Like, we, we make sure that, like, okay, we're, we're, this, is, this is for God's glory. It's not for our glory. In your own walk, in your own personal life, pride manifests in the desire to control and to manipulate people. Be wary of that because it's, it's the worst. Agendas. Um, you ever had an agenda? Have you, no. Is it just me? Have you ever tried to work your agenda? Like you want something? Like you want your spouse to do something? Okay, now, I'm, now I'm, am I preaching now? Am I preaching now? Like you want your spouse to do something, you have an agenda, and so you begin to work the agenda. You begin to, you know, guilt and shame and fear, and uh, you begin to work the agenda. Agendas block God's grace. We can't come into situations with agendas. Oh, you okay? I'm sorry. Look, let's just be honest. We're all control freaks here, and we need to repent, <laughs> Like, right? Like, being a control freak is its the worst. We all do it, and we just need to repent of trying to control and trying to have our own agenda and to promote ourselves above others, right? All right, here we go. Here's the answer. Embrace. True humility. Humility. Embrace true humility and lift your heads to extend love to others. Get beyond yourselves. In that song that Sophia led, um, the guy that wrote that song was actually a part of our church for a little bit. What's the name of the song? My Holidays, yeah. Yeah. It's a great song, eh? A? Eh? No way, eh? It's a great song. Okay, and it's deep. Like, the reason why, it's like a pop, it's, it's like, it's, it's like a trending song right now. It's like becoming a popular song. Um, I'm going to turn myself off for a second. They didn't say anything too bad. No, okay. <laughs> He's just a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, the fact that 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 song came out of that kid is it's just it's amazing. Yep. All it's all God. Yep. But in that song, it says, uh, "What get outside of your own head? Yep. Get outside of your own head." Like we have, we obsess and we ruminate and we we think about our problems. We think about other people's problems. We think about how, how bad everybody else is, right? Get beyond yourselves. Get beyond protecting your own interests. Be sincere and secure your neighbor's interests first. Sometimes we get stuck in our heads and we're like all about us. We don't see the needs of our neighbors, the needs of our brothers and sisters. One of the most practical things that you can do to lift yourself up by the power of the Holy Spirit, to lift yourself up, if you've got needs you need to be ministered to, one of the best things that you can do is to minister to somebody else. Like, you want to experience God's grace? Be gracious to someone else. Like, if you're, if you're having a hard time making ends meet right now, like, you're having a hard time paying the bills. You're wondering where God's at. You're thinking about it all the time. Do you know what you can do that will activate God's grace? Is you have a little bit of faith. And you show up Saturday morning and you serve at the food bank. You need to be served. To start serving somebody. And to see what God will do. Down to verse 12. Paul described... Excuse me. Um, so now, my beloved, obey. I don't, whatever. Who wrote this? <laughs> obey. Obeying is for losers. I don't want to do that. So now... My beloved, obey as you have always done, not only when I am with you. The Philippians only obeyed when Paul was around. So when he went away, they started messing off. Kind of like your kids. But continue to work. Okay, ready? But continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling because God is energizing you that you will desire God is energizing you so that you will desire and do what always pleases him. Okay. This is a this is a minefield. This is a theological minefield right here. Did you guys catch what I just read? Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What? Wait, I got saved when I was 7. I got baptized when I was 10. I thought I'm good, God. Look, I don't know. I can't answer this. Honestly, I can't answer this. Um, this is the, the minefield, the theological minefield here is the once saved, always saved. Or can you lose your salvation? What, 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 is, what does this mean? Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling? maybe it does mean that you can lose your salvation practically speaking again i, I, I don't want to i'm not going i can't get into a theological debate on this but from what i have witnessed and experienced in everyday life it seems to be so i have worked with and ministered with people that have walked away from the faith and like it, it, like god used them like, there is one guy, no one here knows who he is, and if I make this reference, no one can pick it up. Uh, this was probably a good 15 years ago. He was the hottest evangelist on the, on, on the scene. He was part of all the, the big conferences, all the big boy shows. Like, he was, and it didn't make any sense because, like, people got healed because of his ministry. Like, the breakthroughs were absolutely incredible. And then he torpedoed his marriage. His kids hate him now. And he's walked away from the Lord. Like, I don't know if he's saved. Like, I can't can't make that. I don't understand how that works. How do you walk away from your faith on that level? Just again, practically, he's like, I was like, man, I don't think so-and-so is saved. Maybe he was never saved to begin with. So, again, okay, and that's the big question. But for us, like, again, I can't answer that. Once saved, always saved. Like, I believed I was saved when I was seven, right? Um, was I saved during college? I don't know. Okay, uh, my point is, one, I don't think you should mess around and find out. Okay, does that make sense? I don't think you should mess around and find out. It's, oh, I've been saved by the grace of God. Um, I can go live like hell. Um, I, I didn't Like, you could live like hell and maybe still go to heaven. I don't know. It's completely God's sovereign sovereignty. It is his grace that saves. It's not by works. It is by grace that we are saved through faith. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I just wouldn't mess around with it. But what this does mean, let me read the, the rest of it, because this is highly applicable to us today continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling because God is energizing you. Can you say that? God is energizing you. God is energizing you so that you will desire and do what always pleases him and what pleases God. We just talked about it. Faith. I have to, and you have to, continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. You need to have, today, you need to have a gospel moment with yourself. I know you were saved when you were a kid, but you have to continue to work this thing out. You were saved, you are being saved, and then someday you will be saved. And so when we are in the midst of community, when we are dealing with maybe difficult situations, difficult people, and when we want to come in and bulldoze things, and when we want to apply our agenda over situations, when we want people to do what we want them to do, uh, when we want to lop off some heads and display our righteousness in front of everybody, this is what we do. We we get gospel-centric instead of selfish. We get graceful instead of prideful. And so, tenderness and compassion, they don't come naturally. They are a supernatural expression of God's love that you hold in your hearts to express to other people. And so when we speak the truth in love to somebody that maybe is faltering, somebody that's having a hard time, maybe somebody that's backsliding, you have to gospel them into God's love. You have to good news them. They have to continue to work out their, their salvation in fear and trembling, and, and you've been invited into that process to show tenderness and kindness And grace. Do you know that our church has been really good at this? Like if I just, if I just, and I've been reviewing our history this week, Uh, all week. We, the low ladies, made me bring out the history books, like literally. And I've been reviewing my history. And all of the, maybe the things that were dark I could have complained about, what the Holy Spirit highlighted to me was all the moments in, in doing the ministry in this context, all the moments where God's grace was poured out upon Mako and myself, where the pastors were being pastored by the congregation. Did you, know, you guys know that? Did you guys know that even though I'm supposed to be your pastor, there's been times where you've nurtured us, where you've seen maybe or felt maybe our need or our our spiritual lack? Like, every leader needs to be nurtured. You know, maybe as we push into leadership, maybe your next assignment is to nurture our youth pastor. Maybe your next assignment is to nurture and encourage and grace and gospel our worship team members. Maybe your next assignment is to encourage our family pastors, Michael and Jennifer Jones. Man, I I can't imagine what my life would be like right now if the Palsons hadn't gospeled me. I can't imagine what ministry would look like if the McGarrity's hadn't gospeled us. And you could do this. You can show grace to anybody inside this church. You can show grace to your family members. Look, I know you want to strangle your kids. Just don't. (laughs) Gospel them. Gospel them. Show them loving kindness and tender grace. Like, yeah, what they're doing is, could possibly be really bad. But if you beat them over the head with the Bible, it's not going to get anywhere. You need to, you need to show and gospel them grace. All right, are you ready for the last one? You need to gospel yourself. You need to grace yourself. You need to allow the Holy Spirit, you need to give, make sure you kick that devil out of the rooms in your house. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to take up residence, the empowering Holy Spirit. Because, again, like I'm not talking about whether you're saved or not. This, this thing, working out your salvation in fear and trembling, what I'm talking about is God energizing you so that you will desire Jesus. That's working out your salvation in fear and trembling. We always forget the next part, right? This is the purpose of this passage, so that God can energize you. We need to be energized today by the gospel. Like, you can't get tired of this message that God saves. He saved you yesterday. He's saving you right now, and he's going to continue to save you. Now, you have to gospel yourself. How much time do I have, Aaron? I got three minutes. <laughs> what I learned over the years is that whenever I've had problems with people, problems in leadership, problems in marriage, problems in parenting, and it's it seems like I'm fighting a battle, right? It seems like I'm fighting a fight against someone. But You want to know what I have discovered? You know what the biggest danger is? The biggest danger is not the people that are doing us wrong. The biggest danger is not that toxic environment that, uh, by no fault of our own that we are in. The biggest danger in your life lives inside of you the biggest danger you have lives inside of you you've heard it said you are your own worst enemy i know people have done you wrong they've done you dirty right but you can't let you can't let them uh, take away your responsibility to minister to and to gospel yourself You are ultimately responsible for that. Um, Crystal, can you bring up that last scripture? So this one is NIV. This is not. um, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone on out into the world. Okay, next slide. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is from God. Gospel message right there. Okay, keep going. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Next. You, dear children are from God and have overcome them because, ready, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And I could keep on going because this is the love. I mean, God's going to talk about our identity as being children of God and that we are loved dearly. And I don't have time to get into that. But the one who is in us is greater than the one that is in the world. So... If you find yourself as being your own worst enemy, if you recognize, if you have the courage to see how dangerous your soul can be when it is not submitted to Christ... When you, when you confess your pride and when you get it out of your system, you say, I don't want to be my own worst enemy. I don't want to let the, the devil set up residence in my soul. When you do that and you allow Jesus to come in and to lead and guide you, then he is greater than any problem in any situation, in any strife, in any toxic environment, any bad relationship, any fighting that you find yourselves in. With Jesus inside of you, there's nothing you cannot do. And it frees you to a freedom, a freedom of grace. And uh, yeah, you you didn't earn that; it was given. Mm -hmm. All right, Sophia, come on up, Sophia and the band. Uh, First John four. What was that last verse, Crystal? First John 4 4? I was going to read the whole thing. So, yeah, read all of chapter 4. <laughs> so. It also talks about identity. And then this says, You are sons and daughters of God. This is who you are. Isn't that powerful? I mean, the Bible just comes out in identifies us. I love it. This is that Philippians 2 verse. I skipped the middle of it. Live with his attitude in your hearts and remember, though he was... In the form of God, he chose not to cling to equality with God, but he poured himself out to fill a vessel brand new, a servant in form, a man indeed, the very likeness of humanity. He humbled himself. Look, if Jesus is going to humble himself, we should too, eh? Like, I've even humbled myself to be Canadian today. (laughs) He humbled himself, obedient to death and merciless death on a cross. And so God raised him up to the highest place and gave him the name above all, so that his name is called Every Knee Will Bow in Heaven and on Earth and Below. And every tongue will confess Jesus, the anointed one, is Lord to the glory of our God, our Father. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? If it's not, today's a good day to get saved. And if you were saved long ago and need to be continued to get saved, today's a good day to continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Like We need this drink. This is the energizing meal that that empowers us to do the gospel message of Jesus Christ in our everyday life. It's the body of Christ which has been broken for you. All of your needs, all of your desires, all of your wants are here. You eat this bread and your fears disappear. Your insecurities will fade. When you are in the body of Christ, your identity gets more secure. So eat the body of Christ for your provision and your identity. This is what you are a part of. This is who you are. Receive the body of Christ. I'm always at a wonder as to why Jesus would need to humble himself I am always out of wonder why the scriptures say that Jesus was obedient that he only did what he saw his father doing and all the glory that he received on earth he gave to the Father like I, that is a, that's a mystery to me but what I do know is that he paved the way to a new relationship a new covenant one that gets us out of rules and gets us into a relationship that washes away all of our mistakes our hurts and our pains, wounds that we have inflicted upon others by treating them harshly or without grace, and wounds that we have received from others. That forgiveness is in this new covenant cup, and it washes away all of our sins, and it obliterates them in the sight of God. God doesn't see your sins anymore after this moment, and so you should should ignore them too. You should forget about them too. God has forgotten about the past. He's here to usher you into the future. And you do this by drinking this cup and pulling your weeds of sin. Receive the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Just come to the front. God, bless this offering that we can continue to advance the kingdom of God here in this number and among our our communities. We pray for our communities. We pray for our brothers and sisters that are worshiping in spirit and in truth in other venues. God, I pray that you just bless the church of Jesus Christ and that we become, that we choose health, that we choose to do hard things we become healthier and healthier in your sight. God bless this offering to its fullest extent so that it can continue the good work in this area, that it can continue to do the good work Africa. We love you, Lord. Amen. gospel on find them like they're out there you would be surprised when you give how much you will receive back i want to encourage you to give of yourself to give of your grace today it might require a little bit of adjustment on your part because you might not have the ability to grace somebody because you haven't been fully sanctified yet. And so I'm going to pray a blessing, a sanctifying blessing from Thessalonians. Sometimes our our blocks in order to bless are tied up in our health. Like some of you are just grumpy because you're tired, you're stressed, Uh, You're in pain. And so that needs to be sanctified. Your body needs to be sanctified. Some of us have a block to bless because we haven't dealt with the emotional baggage in our lives. So your soul needs to be sanctified. Some of you have a block to bless others because there is an evil spirit attached to your home. We need to kick that sucker out. And you have the authority to do it. You have the authority to do it. So we're going to change the way that we think today. We're going to have the mind of Christ be completely united, knowing that, that when He is in us, that the world can't stop us. Amen? All right. So now may the Lord bless you through and through. May your whole body, your whole soul, your mind, and your spirit be sanctified, getting better and better each and every day until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who has called you has called you to live out the gospel message of grace. He is faithful to you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Never give up on God. He's never given up on you. God bless you guys. Have a great week in the Lord.